Hi, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. This week, we are in San Diego at a crazy mastermind called Seven Figure Flipping. This is with the House Flipping HQ group and Justin Williams. Um, for more information, go to www.houseflippinghq.com. Um, so uh, without further delay, we're going to surprise you with consecutive interviews with top-notch real estate investors who are with us in this group. Um, so I hope you enjoy this week and have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye now. Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we have the honor of having Dave Befford and Stephen Pesavento. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey there. Thanks. Good it's morning, hard. guys. It's, uh, we'll say take two since our technology failed from take one, but here we go again, <laughs> and uh, thanks for hanging in there with us. So, Stephen and Dave, you guys have a great story. Uh, we want to touch on it, but we'd love to get a little more background on each of you before we jump into it. Awesome. Okay, uh, I'll start. I was um, active duty military for 11 years, and during that time, I moved to southern Georgia. I bought my first house to live in back in 2010. Ended up keeping that one as a rental property, and I still own that one, and it's cash flowing. So that was uh, my first really entry into real estate after being um, – being interested in it for so long, but finally, actually, uh, I was living overseas, so I moved back. Was actually able to get involved, and um, then took a couple years off real estate, really, uh, until I got out of the military, moved to Minneapolis, started working corporate for a couple years, hated it, and had to get back into something. So, found real estate, and uh, that's where my journey has led me to Minneapolis, uh, working with Stephen. I'm sure we'll get into our, our story of how we met here in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. And, and my story is a, a little bit different. Uh, you know, I, uh, I worked in management consulting for a number of years and enjoyed it, but hated the corporate life, kind of moved into the tech sector um, and just always knew that I wanted to get into real estate, but just kind of hadn't ever made the jump. There's so many like limiting beliefs, things that were kind of holding me back. Um, and so I had never bought a property before we kind of got into to working together. Um, but, you know, when I decided to kind of make the jump, stop taking on new clients, stop doing everything and just kind of burn, burnt the boats. And, and, you know, now we're here. So things are starting to work out. Awesome. So how did you two meet? Yeah. So we were at Flip Hacking Live in San Diego last year. Um, and it was really great. Met a lot of really good people. Met you guys there, uh, Jason. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had went there just to meet people and to kind of be around the right kind of community and culture. And David actually stood up and, and said, hey, is there anyone from Minneapolis here? And I was the only person who stood up, raised my hand. And, you know, we ended up meeting in the back after and we're chatting. And he was disappointed to find out that I was from Minneapolis, but I actually lived in California. Nice. Yeah. So, and, and at that point I was really at a kind of a crossroads in my life where I knew I needed to get out of corporate before I, I jumped out of my seven story window. There <laughs> my, uh, and my wife was really pushing me and I remember talking to you, Jason. And, not out the window though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not out the window. Not, not most days. 
uh, good clarification there, Felix. Uh, but I, I remember talking to you, Jason, and we talked about just a, a lot about life and you know, plans for the future, actually, in the short conversation we had. And uh, you know, that's when I made the, the decision that I needed to go full-time into real estate was at Flip Hacking Live. And it took me about five months after that before I did go full-time. But during that five months, uh, Stephen and I started working together, finally um, formed a partnership in February just of this year, mm -hmm. closed our first deal in March, and we've been off to the races ever since. So That's great. It's amazing what a difference a year made. It, it surely does. And you, you both talked specifically about that you always knew you wanted to get into real estate. What, what is it for each of you that knew that you wanted to get into just real estate overall and, and specifically was there was there something that stood out to you in the genre? Uh, there's just something so interesting about a home, like a place where somebody lives and the design aspect for, behind it. Um, I mean, from a business perspective, that's what really excites me is kind of seeing the deal come together and all the different pieces from the sales, the acquisition to the, you know, the final sale of the property. But, um, you know, I'd grown up, uh, my family owned a framing company growing up. So we, you know, was out there pounding nails and stacking wood and doing all the stuff that I'm really appreciative that we're able to hire general contractors to do. Mm -hmm. um, but from you know, young age was watching HGTV and just thought like, Oh God, I would love to do that. I'd love to renovate a house. I'd love to do, you know, this old house style renovation. Um, but you know, you, you think to yourself, well, I can't, I'm not sure that I can do that. I don't have the money or I'm not old enough or I don't have the experience. Um, but luckily, you know, those are things that you can kind of get over. What about you, Dave? Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned HGTV because my wife and I would always watch that. That was really <laughs> the only thing we had. Um, um when we had cable back in the day, uh, we would watch that and we're thinking, Oh, that would be so cool to do. But now that we're in the business, like, we're not swinging hammers. Yeah. Like I'm way more excited <laughs> about making money and building a business than mm -hmm. I am about than going in and, and redesigning a kitchen. That mm -hmm. kind of stuff doesn't really excite me. Uh, but the, the thing about real estate that really drew me in was the freedom, which I think everybody can relate to who's in real estate is you really, your end goal is freedom. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that holds true for 99% for of people. Uh, and money is definitely part of that freedom. Without money, you really don't have freedom uh, in life. So the freedom and then the flexibility of just my life, you know, being there for my kids, knowing that there's not a boss telling me to be at my desk from eight to five every day, but I can have the freedom to go meet my boys for lunch. Like I did last week, I forgot to pack a lunch for one of them. So I, I took lunch to him at school and got to hang out for 30 minutes with him, uh, stuff you can't do really with, with any other job. Yeah. And now, so you said that you took you about five months after flip hacking to really say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to jump into this full time. It, you, a lot of us have, have significant others and, and I'm lucky enough to have Peely involved with me in the business, but was your wife on board? Was it something that, that she, she had to think about or cause lots of times it's, you're one convincing yourself, but you're also having to convince the others around you that this is the right step for you. Right. And I think that's where I'm so fortunate is I have my wife, Megan, we've been married for 14 years, uh, three boys, 10, eight, and almost six. Um, I had a really comfortable job making really good money in corporate America working eight to five, but she, she knew I wasn't happy. She could see it. She could feel it when I would come home from work and she she was the one pushing me. Like I, like I just said, she was pushing me towards leaving corporate America and just diving in 
taking the risk, as we say, even though I think there's, there's definitely ways to mitigate the risk. You think about what's the worst that could happen. I, I fail and I go back to work. Um, but having a <laughs> wife that understood that yeah. and understood the need of, of me that I had to do something with purpose in my life and I had to reach my full potential and she's there backing me up hundred percent. In fact, she went out and got her real estate license. Now she's a full-time agent here in Minneapolis and, and just killing it. So, and, and we love it. The time we get to spend together during the day, uh, don't get me wrong. There's, as you guys are well aware of, it's very stressful. <laughs> I, and you know, there's, there's a lot of sacrifices. Video always tells the tale. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it's going to be worth it. It is worth it already. And it's going to be worth it down the road. I know for sure. Nice. Nice. How about you, Stephen? What were some uh, limiting beliefs or people that pushed you into, into the position that you're in now? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I didn't have a partner that I had to look to uh, a wife to, to kind of talk about this stuff with. So it's really just friends and family. It's people that had been around for a long time and heard me talk about this over many years. You know, uh, I can remember back to when I was a freshman in college, putting offers on houses um, and then after graduation, and obviously the market was falling apart back then in 2007 and 2012. And so it was a little bit different, but, um, you know, just pretty much getting over the fact that there's a limit on how much money you have to have and realizing that there is abundant different investment opportunities, investors who are looking to, you know, fund deals and looking for people like us to, to kind of put these things together. And that, with the right partnership and, and mentorship, you can learn to kind of be an expert so that people look to you. And so it was really just, you know, talking with friends and family and saying, Hey, like, this is what I want to do. And then finally making the decision, cutting myself off from all other options, just going, pushing myself all in. And, you know, I'd, I had done that a few months before flip hacking live. Mm-hmm. I was working really hard to try to make things happen in the Southern California market which it's 100% possible to do it. There's a ton of people who are flipping and wholesaling and and investing there. But it's definitely a harder nut to crack being that the price of property is much more expensive and there's a lot of competition. So spinning my wheels, spinning my wheels, and then finally, you know, was like, hey, I need to be part of a community Been going to a lot of events, but needed to be, you know, part of something bigger and met some really great people at Flip Hacking Live and, and saw that other people like me could do it, people that were smarter than me and people that were not as smart as me, which really made it seem like, okay, wow, this is possible. Like if, if they can do it, if they can do it, if they can do it, like here's a model, like I can do it. And so immediately after Flip Hacking Live, within three weeks was marketing in North Carolina and had a partner out there. Uh, and stop doing anything in California. And, you know, the rest is kind of history I'm sure we'll talk about. Nice. So let's, let's delve a little bit into that. Let's delve a little bit into mentorship. Okay. So well, where we've been, I, I have one question before okay, we get ahead. in there. So, so we're talking about partnerships and, and lots, lots of times people assume that they, they need a partner because it, that that's going to ultimately be the solution, but it can be, if you have the right partner, what, what stood out, you, you two met each other out in San Diego, Dave, you find out Steven's not from Minneapolis, but he grew up there, but he's got longer there. But <laughs> yeah, Minneapolis. But what what made it to a point that you guys figured this was the right partnership to take the next step forward? And, and how do you split up your duties today? I think that's a really good question. And I think it's important. And I want to be clear, like, even though I have two partners, two marriages per se, right? Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. It's really important to have the right partner. So 
I think the key thing um, is that you have to be aligned on values, on the mission of what you're working towards and the goals of what you're going after. So like Dave and I talked, we, we talked for months before, we even worked together before we decided to hang up a shingle and, and go into business. Um, and by doing that, by building a relationship and knowing that he was going to be shooting for the same goal that I was, that he wanted to build the same kind of business that I did, meant that we could be pushing together in the same direction. Because in partnerships, if, if one person wants goal A and the other person wants goal B, you're pushing in the opposite directions. And you're not, it, it's going to be a much tougher battle versus when you're actually kind of in alignment moving forward. Yeah, you definitely need to talk about it beforehand and, and have some, some real heart-to-hearts before you ever you know, put the ink to paper and form a partnership. Uh, you don't want to just go to Vegas and get, get married by Elvis. <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah. How does that usually end up? Not well. yeah. So yeah. we did, we talked about what are, what are our visions and we talked about it by Stephen asking me what mine is and him telling me what his is. And, and we both had the same visions. Uh, you know, we said, Hey, six months from now, if we haven't made any money, are we still going to keep going? And we both said, yes. Uh, what's, what's, what are you trying to get out of this business? Is it just to replace your income and live a comfortable life and not have to do a whole lot of work? Or is it to build a big business and a big machine that can generate a lot of income and, and allow you the options to, to invest your time in, in other areas um, outside of just this business at some point? And either one of those would have been just fine goals. Small business that you just make enough to live off of a lifestyle business. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you know a big operation. Either one is great. But if one person wants a lifestyle business and wants to work five hours a week or ten hours or twenty hours, versus the other person is going to you know work sixty hours a week, you know really grinding it out trying to build something big, you're going to be in constant disagreement over what what you're doing and, and where you're going. And like some of our to maybe roll into the next topic, mentors is uh, some of our mentors, the mics. Uh, I, I talked to Mike several, one of the mics uh, about this a couple times before I started the partnership with Steven and, and asked him, Hey, what do I need to look out for? What, what questions am I not thinking of? And really it comes down to besides what we already talked about is one plus one can't equal two or else it makes no sense. Right? So mm-hmm. one plus one has to equal five or 10 or 20. So we can, we could both do this on our own and we could get to where we're going. It would just take a lot longer. I truly believe to mm-hmm. get there than it, than it will with the two of us working together. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And to yeah. go back to that quote that you just said, I think it was either when we're talking about Mike Simon and um, Mike Simons and uh, Mike Cowper, right. um, I think their quote, their exact quote was one plus one when it comes to partnerships, one plus one equals infinity. Like a great oh. partnership will take you there. And, you know, let's, let's expand on mentorships first, but you know, I'm going to go into it right now. The infinite sounds like where you guys are going because to the, all, all of our listeners out there, and we'll get to this, this partnership has exploded from a year ago. Um, but before I get into that, mentorship. Um, <laughs> so what we're talking about with uh, Flip, uh, Flip Hacking Live, um, we are actually all part of a mentorship program called Seven Figure Flipping with Justin Williams. Maybe you guys want to expand on that a little bit and how that mentorship has helped you expand your business. Yeah, the, the best part about it and the most powerful part is being around other people who are doing more than you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, people who who force you to raise your game. It's kind of like a, a little brother who sees his big brothers riding their bicycles without training wheels. <laughs> the little brother throws the training wheels to the side and just gets on there and rides and eventually can keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of how we felt when we joined the group is look at all these these monsters, these bohemas in here doing amazing, <laughs> incredible stuff. We got to get there. And seeing it, you you feel you know, I, I, I'm definitely not on the same level as some of these people like Justin and Bill and, you know, the coaches and, and other people within the group. Um, but we know we're going to be there. It's, it's a foregone conclusion because we've seen it happen. Yeah. It's being surrounded by people who are doing what you want to do and at different levels. Um, so it's being able to one, look at somebody else who's kind of where you want to be in the future and ask them questions and see what they're doing and get ideas um, and obviously have something to shoot for. Like once somebody sees that something can be done, it makes it that much easier for that person to do it. Mm-hmm. That's also to have other people who are coming up who are, you know, behind you in their development. They're just starting being able to share some of that stuff with them because you actually learn more when you're teaching. Every time I talk about a specific type of negotiation tactic or sales tactic, with a new salesperson from our team, I learn more about that and I become better at, at that skill. And so that's the same for, for building a business or anything like that. Yeah, it's great. And you touched on it earlier is that it, it makes it possible to, you see these people doing these grand things, but, but when you put together the, the steps, it makes it all possible because they're, they're just taking action in actionable steps and that's leading there to their success. And when you start breaking that down, it's, we could all figure this out and probably spend a couple of years floundering around trying to figure <laughs> out these steps or just say, okay, well, here's the steps, go for it. Now it's just on you to take the action. So yeah. And uh, for that, why don't we fast forward to, to your business and where are you today? Tell us a little bit about, about what you're focusing on, how you're doing it, how you're splitting up your roles and just, and just kind of your day in day out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I'm in two different markets with two different partners. Um, so Von Finch is in, in both North Carolina and Minnesota. Um, and Dave's my partner in Minnesota. And I have another partner, Mike Foley, in North Carolina. Um, and so what's really great about that is that we get to see what's happening in two different markets and we're kind of taking two semi-different strategies. And so in North Carolina, for example, we're doing a lot more new construction and renovation. So we have a, a ton of renovation projects going on out there and a couple new construction projects and some small developments that we're, we're working on. Um, but we're also wholesaling, right? So we're doing the same marketing machine in both areas. Um, but in Minnesota, for example, we are, uh, we're focusing more on wholesaling and we're slowly starting to get into the renovation game and starting to flip. And the reason for that was just, you know, we wanted to take things slow and steady um, because the experience difference. So my partner, Mike Foley, has been flipping for and building for 22 years. And myself and Dave are both new to it. So we're learning from what's working in one area and from the rest of the group. And we're slowly starting to kind of hedge our bets in Minnesota as well. And that's, that's working out really, really, really nicely so far. Right. So the way we split up the business is, and that's a great point, the partnership. If you got two people doing the same thing, you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. There needs to be efficiencies in any partnership. So or otherwise, what's the point? So how we've really split up the, the business, the, the big picture is Steven's the front half. So marketing, sales, acquisition, I'm the back half, dispositions, and project management. So you know, uh, Steven manages the sales team and the lead intake. I manage the dispositions manager and eventually a project manager. 
Uh, but right now I'm really in charge of the rehabs and, and making mm-hmm. sure that we get all the wholesaling we do, that we get those contracts assigned um, and sold. So you know, we, we really split up the responsibilities pretty well. So we, we each know who's responsible for what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many people are part of your team in uh, Minnesota right now? In Minnesota, we have a full-time leads manager. We have a full-time acquisition manager, full-time dispositions manager. And we are still searching for a, another leads manager to catch the overflow and to make outbound calls, cold calling, and eventually a, a, you know, a second, always looking for another acquisitions person mm-hmm. to, to just Great. To continue to scale and, and build that bench. Oh, you heard that, folks. If anybody's in the in this market and is an awesome salesperson, <laughs> yes, that's the job requirement. That's the only give, requirement. Give give us a call for sure. So maybe break it down for for some of the listeners. What is something you're focusing on with, with your mailings? Uh, what, what kind of what kind of homeowners are you, are you going after, and what's kind of your target there? Um, I mean, our, our target generally is that we're looking for people who have equity. Looking for for people who live in older homes, probably folks that are a little bit older as well, um, because what r- really we're looking for is is homes that have an opportunity for us to do you know some value add to it to to renovate it and and have a real justification. It's a really it's a hot it's a hot market everywhere in the country, but it's really hot here in Minnesota. Um, and so you know when we're going into those acquisition meetings. We want to. We don't want to be looking at the 2015 house that somebody's trying to sell for full market value. We want the opportunity to be able to buy something, come in, and make some changes, some paint, some carpet, and you know, the, the full renovation if needed. Yeah, and this market, it, it is a hot market. I think there's really two two segments to it. You got the baby boomers who are all looking to either downsize, uh, move in with their kids, or move to sometimes an assisted living facility. Uh, or something along those lines. And then you have the millennials who are really buying. I, I read something yesterday saying millennials are the largest home buying generation right now. So they're buying more homes than any other generation. And they're just coming into it now because they were lagging where they, they should have been at. Yeah. So there's a lot of areas around Minneapolis, St. Paul that are turning over. So you see these areas that maybe were really nice 30 years ago, then they, they're, they're pretty pretty bad areas right now, but they're slowly turning over and bringing in a younger generation who are buying those homes, keeping them up and, and bringing in that millennial vibe, whatever that is. <laughs> so, so with a, a competitive market, are, are you finding success with, with direct mailing and, and, and kind of are, you've, you've started with wholesaling, but now are you seeing that just with how tight it is that you, you're trying to find opportunities where you can also flip, you were saying, is that correct? Yeah, I think I think from like a, a larger perspective, what we see is that you can run a great business wholesaling. You can make a lot of money doing it, and it's can be a great entry. Um, but to be honest, to be able to maximize every lead that we get in, some, it makes sense to do the work ourselves and to take that little extra risk for the extra reward. And so you know, that's one of the biggest reasons is so that we can maximize our profit. You know, if we have two or five or 10 contracts a month, a number of those we should be taking down ourselves so that we can really kind of maximize what we walk away with at the end of the year. That's awesome. So looking at your business right now, how could it be better and what are you constantly working on to improve? Hmm. I'd say building the bench is always mm-hmm. something we're working on. Um, I think a lot of people in this business might have the same experiences with a 
maybe a higher than average turnover rate amongst employees. And that could be for one reason or another. Some people think they might enjoy it, but then they realize that's eh, really not for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so always having, building that bench and always be looking, you know, talking to everybody that you meet and, and maybe analyzing, is this somebody that I could bring on my team at some point? So it's always in the back of your mind. Is this somebody that could, could join our team as we scale and get bigger? So I, I think, yeah, the biggest I, part. Is I think that, I think that's a huge piece. I also think another piece, which is really interesting and it's important to underline is that as you're starting, right, we started one year ago, we had never done really real estate in the past. I'd never owned a single house, never signed on a deed or anything. Um, so in the last year, as we've grown and, you know, done as many deals as we have, we're moving from, hey, I'm going to be the one who's running comps and doing this and I'm going to be involved in each little individual piece and being able to step back and manage. Uh, I think a big part of growing a business is, is managing people. So what I do, most of my, most of my day is spent doing one-on-ones, checking in with the team, um, understanding if their numbers are right, trying to coach them on that in some kind of way, shape, or form that'll get them where we need them to be and making sure that they're enjoying what they're doing, right? Because the yep. people is the most important part of this business. We have a product that sells. We have a process that works, you know, which we've learned from everybody in seven-figure flipping. But now it's transitioning, you know, our job as, as owners is, is to, you know, managing and coaching and getting people excited about what we're working towards and, and making them be able to see the vision and, and want to stick through for the long term um, with what we're doing. And that's something that one of, you know, our mentor, all of our mentor, uh, Justin Williams, I remember him saying that, I don't know when, it was a long time ago before it really ever sunk in and I, I really ever took it as, as truth is that he said, once you, you're building your business, eventually your job becomes hiring, training, and managing. That's what you do. Your job is not to go knock on doors uh, or, or go swing a hammer or manage a contractor. It's to hire, train, and manage your employees. That's great. Mm -hmm. nice. So I, I'd love to touch because we're, we're going a year back from, from not owning a house really, and or just very starting the process to today. What, what, what is the average deals you're doing a month right now? Just for really listeners to get the context of, of how much growth you've been able to put together with having the right steps in place. Uh, we're, we're at about five to 10 properties going under contract per month per market. So, you know, on average, it's like, you know, Amazing. It's pretty, pretty darn good. Nice. Yeah, congratulations. Boom. Awesome. <laughs> That's incredible, guys. Yeah, so every, everybody listening out there, they were at zero deals a year ago, found the right steps, put together the right processes, found the right roles for themselves, and also now put team members in place and just look at the progress they've made in a year. Congratulations. Congratulations, guys. guys. Thanks. Thank you. So with, with all that growth, there's always, there's always setbacks along the way. Can you, can you point out maybe a setback that's occurred that can help our listeners grow and, and what you took from that? Yeah, absolutely. I'll let, I'll let Dave start and then I have one to, to finish up on. So we talk about the, uh, <laughs> I'd say probably the, uh -oh. the first setback we really experienced know. was we were both at a mastermind meeting in Detroit. Oh, that, yeah, that's and, a setback. Uh, we were, yeah, we were there, you know, it was the middle of the, the week. We're at this meeting all week and I get an email from our, our salesperson, who was the first person I hired, like back before mm -hmm. we even started working together, I hired mm -hmm. her in January. We started in February together and we get this email and she says, Hey, sorry, 
something's going on in my life. I got to do this and I got to quit. Sorry. And just, I, I just looked at Steve and I was like, you got to read this email. She's got two appointments the next day. Yeah, so we're we're like, in Detroit, uh, Michigan. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. yeah. There's always going to be stuff like that. So I think did you come back to Minnesota right after that. I did. And we just got on the hiring train and just started putting the, the ads out there and interviewing people and hiring people. And it took a while because you don't want to just hire any, the first person off the street. So yeah. we were both going on appointments and, and doing that. And then it's hiring somebody and training them up and spinning them up and, until they're ready to be off on their own. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was the first wake up wow. like, whoa. That's a big concern as a virtual business owner. When you live in California and, and your job is to hire and manage the sales team and your salesperson leaves, all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is a big emergency. You know, we, we got to get this person hired. And it was a learning experience for, for both of us because, uh, you know, I was managing this, this team member um, and, but I didn't have any real face-to-face time with her. I didn't have an opportunity to interview. And so what we learned from that one is, you know, the whole, everybody who's going to be involved with that person day to day needs to be a part of that hiring process and, and really kind of spend more time. And so we've learned a ton about managing folks since then. So we're in a much better place from a hiring and managing perspective, but you know, that was a big one to get over. Yeah. Wow. I think one, one big thing that has been a learning experience, um, you know, is an example from North Carolina, actually, you know, we, we have a ton of properties that we're renovating and, you know, even with the experience and years of doing, um, uh, renovation, you know, uh, you still make mistakes. Um, you try to build in a big enough margin so you can get out ahead. Um, but you know, we have, we have a property that we're probably going to, you know, we're not going to make as much money as we were hoping to. It's going to be, you know, we're going to come out ahead. It's still going to be a win. But for the number of hours put into it, it's, you know, it's a real bummer. But the thing that makes us feel good about it, and here's the key to kind of our whole operation, is the, you know, the casino effect of bets. And if we have 15 bets out there and one of them goes bad, we don't, I'm not up at night worrying that I'm going to go bankrupt. But if I only had that one project, if that one project was everything that I was planning on living off of for the next six or 12 months, like I'd be freaking out right now because like, it's not what we were hoping it to be. But, um, you know, that's a, a failure, a, a challenge, but at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a good learning. It's a good reminder of why we, we do things on scale. Yeah. So where, where do you see your business growing now? Well, maybe two years out, five years out, where, where's the direction you're heading? Good question. I'd say we're still going to be wholesaling and flipping. Um, mixing the, those are really two different businesses, right? They are very different. Flipping because some people, I think you guys just, Pila, you were talking about just getting over that wholesaling. Uh huh. That wholesale mind shift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're two different businesses, uh, but we both have a desire to get into multi-unit, so mm-hmm. apartments, do apartment syndications like you guys. So we're going to be uh, pestering you a lot. I think over the next. <laughs> Pester way. Yeah, yeah. And maybe even be a part of yours. Uh, at some point. So reach out to us. I think there's a lot of growth left in our own market here. Oh, yeah. And so I think that we're going to continue to grow in that market and continue to to make both, you know, both of our markets kind of, you know, uh, dominate per se. That's awesome. um, but I also, what I really, I think we're really working towards is getting to a point where we have the machine running smoothly. You know, we are constantly switching out parts. We're pairing that machine as it's going and we want to kind of get everything shored up. So we've done all the maintenance. 
We know that the team members are in the right place. We have redundancy. So we have more than one acquisition manager, more than one person in each role so that we have backups for if anything ever should happen. So it's not the end of the world and everything will keep running. Um, And so I think over the next year, that's really where I think we want to be focusing so that we can step back, have the machine keep running and be able to focus on maybe something new that's exciting to us though, um, like multifamily or building or developing or other things that's like great. that. Which we'll see that with Justin and, and Andy. I mean, having Andy has a COO for his business that he checks mm-hmm. in with that one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that allows him the time freedom to go into other business ventures, uh, doing the coaching. Thank God he built his business like he did or else we wouldn't be benefiting from it, right? Yeah, that's exactly. true. Yeah, imagine <laughs> the good that we can do once we get our business to a level where we can devote our time to, to something bigger even. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That's great. Nice. Good. good. <laughs> this is pretty big though, Dave. We're doing, we're doing a lot of good stuff. You've actually, I, I would say that you, you touched on something there is that lots of times when you're growing a business, you forget to give yourself credit or just give yourself a little, you know, a little pat in the back for like, I was at zero deals and now even if I'm at one, I'm still at <laughs> yeah. one and I was at zero, you know, and we, we forget yeah. that all the time. We, we have these, these victories, but you're so busy in the process. Sometimes that you forget to give yourself that, that moment of just saying, okay, good job. Now get back to work, but good job. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Or look how far you've come. And I mean, that's a great thing. We're in this group and you see people so much further ahead than us. So, and we had this discussion at the last mastermind. It's like, why do I never feel like I'm successful? (laughs) Like you're doing like multiple six figures a year. How could you not feel successful? If you, a year ago, if you would have told me I was doing this, I'd be like, oh, I totally feel like a success. But Mm -hmm. now I'm like, well, I want to be doing millions a year and then I'll feel successful. So it's like you said, it's that just being appreciative and having the gratitude for where you are and what you, where you've come. Exactly. Right now, we know it's not going to happen overnight. And, and plus, we're really, I mean, money aside, I love making money. It's great. We're, we're, we're going to be doing just fine with that as, as the year continues. But we're really offering a good service to the community, to the homeowners, to uh, our sellers, and to the people we're going to move into the houses when we're done renovating them. I mean, for the people on the, on the, who are selling their house side, we make it really easy People are interested in just being done with their house. They don't have to renovate. They don't have to deal with any of the headache. They're, they're out of a bind. And then on the other side of the coin, the folks who want to move into a ready, you know, a uh, certified pre-owned house, as I like to say, you know, we, we put out a really great product that people are going to move into and families are going to grow up and kids are going to get older. And it's, 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 it's a lot better than just having a bunch of crappy houses sitting all over the place. Right. That's the truth. And it, it makes you feel good about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You raise people up, you raise communities up. I mean, what's not to love about our jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so go ahead, baby. No, I was going to say, so for a new investor out there, that's it's maybe listening to this for the first time. Could you give them one actionable step that they could take today? <laughs> to get moving with, with either getting into the business or growing their business? Yes, absolutely. It's really simple. Just do it. Just, <laughs> it's great. Nice. Just stop thinking about it and do it. You already know what to do. If you've listened to more than five of these podcasts, if you read more than one book or had a conversation for a few minutes, just take, take the action step and set the goal and do it and do it by the end of the day. Do it today. Call somebody, call a mentor, get online, make a post, 
set up a coffee with somebody. You know what? Email, email Jason or, not, or I or email Dave or Steven. I'm sure they'd love to have a conversation with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Or just get on uh, Zillow or Craigslist and call a for sale by owner and just ask them if you can come out and see their house and make them an offer. Nice. So just make them an offer knowing that they're not going to accept it. Just go out and do it and get over that fear. That's great. Um, and if you, mm-hmm. if you do seek out for a mentor, I would recommend doing something before you go seek a mentor or mm-hmm. else they may not take you serious. Mm-hmm. So have, have a couple, a, a couple things under your belt. You've met with a couple sellers. You've talked to people on the phone and then go seek somebody out. Mm-hmm. That's nice. great. So you just have a few more questions before we leave you. What are some words that you live by? Dave. Boy. I live by so many words. I love quotes. And the one I have on my desktop computer is from Tony Robbins. Uh, and it says, and we actually have it on a chalkboard behind the sink in the kitchen is why live an ordinary life when you can live an extraordinary life. Nice. I mean, great words. Why? So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to settle in this life. That's great. Steven. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, one that is, I think is just a key part of, of my life is you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So find a community, remind yourself of that. If you're hanging out with the wrong people or, you know, dream killers, people who don't want you to succeed or are just not interested in the same things that you want to be interested in, then, you know, find a new group, find new people. That doesn't mean you have to leave them behind for good, but you know, surround yourself with the, with the right folks. That's great. Well, thank you guys. And uh, before we let you go, what, what is the best way for people to find you, whether they want to get on your buyer's list or hear a little bit more about your story or uh, see if they can add value to you guys? Uh, we have, you started up a website yep. for just general investors, bfinvest.com. Awesome. And you can email me directly, dave at bonfinch.com. If you have any questions, uh, I'm happy to get back to you when, as soon as I can. That's great. Well, guys, thank you so much. We've learned a ton. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you guys in a couple of days. And uh, yeah. take us out. Yeah, I can't wait. Thank awesome. you so much, guys. Looking forward to it. This is the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Thank you so very much to Dave and Steven. And thank you all for listening. Bye now. Bye. 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 Thanks. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.